David spent a lot of time in a cave, didn't he? He said, my soul's in prison. You know what I was going to preach from? Uh, old brother Matthew Henry said that. He said, unbelief's its own punishment. You know that? When we don't believe the Lord, when we don't look to him, we don't cast all our care on him, it's, it's its own punishment. It's its own weight. Let's turn over to Psalm 34. We're going to look at some parts of this psalm. We're going to turn to see it in other parts of Scripture, so we're going to turn a good bit. But I want to be brief on it. But just leave a marker here in Psalm 34, and we'll go back and forth to it a lot. I don't know if, I know two of you did. Do y'all get my emails when I send messages out? That one of uh, Brother Cunningham's, it was 14 minutes long. That was outstanding. That was, I mean, just wonderful. That was wonderful. And so I ought not have any fear about going 14 minutes. And anytime I say that, it's probably going to go a lot longer. <laughs> I'll try to be brief. Just leave a marker here in Psalm 34. This is a poor man's psalm. A poor man's song, isn't it? A song for poor folks. I was going to say the working man blues, but it ain't. It's going to be the working man's joy. And the Lord saves all kinds of people. Cave dwellers, wasn't it? What did Isaac do? He is a, him and Jacob both, well diggers. The Lord saves truck drivers and all kinds of different folks, don't he? Harlots. <laughs> Rulers of the synagogue. He, ain't nobody outside of his reach, is there? But for those, all of those have the same thing in common. They're poor. This is a poor man's song. Old brother Hawker wrote, The Poor Man's Commentary. And that wasn't commentary for those of the lesser mind. It wasn't those that, well, you couldn't have enough money to buy it all at once, so you got it in installments, just a little bit at a time. Though that's handy, right? No, that's for those that's poor in spirit. Just a small portion. A little bit of humming. A little bit of a song for those that are sinners. This is a poor man's song for somebody that's sinners. If you've got half your cup cleaned up, I ain't got nothing for you. But if you're destitute impoverished this is good this is good let's read these first five verses psalm 34 i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth all the time my soul shall make her boast in the lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad those that hear him making the boast in the lord are happy Remember what I wrote that last week? It's comely to praise the Lord. And what horrible thing happened to you this week? Nothing. God did it. That's beautiful. That's comely. And the Lord's people hear David <laughs> saying, my, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. And the humble hear that. God's people, they're glad. That makes me happy to hear people say that. God's taught them that. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. <laughs> There's a gathering together, isn't there? Sheep like sheep. Poor folks congregate with poor folks, don't they? Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and they were lightened. Everyone that looks to him, it's the burden's lifted. That weight's taken off. And their faces were not ashamed. They're not sad faces. <laughs> 
What's an unashamed face? There's a grin. That frown's turned upside down. Isn't it? That's wonderful. Why did David write that? What happened? What's the history of this psalm? What was happening? Well, he just went into Abimelech. Not the Abimelech, not King Abimelech. Abimelech was the king of the Philistines. And he acted like a crazy man. He was holding Goliath's sword. There was a time David stood up and he said, Ain't there a cause? What's wrong with you all? That's just one army. If you won't go with me, God will be with me and I'll take them on by myself. He said, Y'all worried about some uncircumcised Philistine. What's wrong with you? Went and slew him, didn't he? Took on a whole army. Now he's holding Goliath's sword and he acts like he's a crazy man. Let spit run down his beard because he is scared. Now he's older. He ought to know better, doesn't he? Jacob was older too. Jacob's 100 years old, what we was looking at this morning. He ought to know better. <laughs> uh, we got a long way to go, don't we? David had done that, and that king said, "What? why did you bring him to me? I thought this was the great King David. This man's crazy. Get him out of here. I don't want to fool with him. People think I'm picking on somebody with disabilities. <laughs> Get him up. Make him go away. And so David ran as soon as he was free. He went and hid in a cave. And he wrote these first five verses. Now something happened between him acting like a fool and fearing man and him fearing God and praising God. What happened? God did something in him. God worked in him. God made him poor and needy. He tells us here in the next few verses, verses 6 through 10. That's what I want us to look at. Verse 6, this poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. What got you in trouble? The Lord sent it, right? But what, what, what gets me in more trouble than anything else? Me. <laughs> what brings all the pain on this fella? This fella. <laughs> it's by my doing. He allowed it to happen. It's for his, he willed it to his glory. I know that. But I did it. I'm the, I'm the doer of it, ain't I? This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. This was a poor man. There's a poor man that cried out to God, and God heard him, and God blessed him. And he saw what he was and who God was, and he rejoiced in him. He'd experienced this. This wasn't a $400 class at a seminary he took for six weeks. Do you understand that? <laughs> God came to him and taught him something. And this is good. That's shameful. Everything he did was shameful, wasn't it? It is. And there's times I'm so strong, I want to take on armies. I don't care. Uh, I'll stare them wolves. I'll grab that, that bear by the beard and slap it silly. Give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. I'm going to cower. Some little barber's going to ask me what I do for a living. I'll say, I'm an independent contractor. <laughs> I'll hunker like a little child. On him. I'm, I'm thankful the Lord records these things, so we're not in despair. And we're not destitute spiritually, aren't you? Aren't you glad? What's this man's lineage? What stock did this fella come from? <laughs> this man, David. He was poor. 
He says, this, verse 6, this poor man, this poor man, am I poor? We pay more in taxes in this country than most people make around this world in a year, don't we? So I'm not talking about financially. I'm not talking about, about those things. Are we poor and needy? Are you poor? Am I poor? What's poor? What's poor? There in Job 1, 21, it said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. That's pretty poor. What do you own? Nothing. Nothing. I came into this world with nothing. What are you taking with you when you leave? Nothing. Physically, right? Tangibly. How, how, how did we come into this world? Sinners. Apart from Christ, outside of him, we came from the womb speaking lies. We were conceived in sin, weren't we? And the Lord's got to convict us through his Holy Ghost. Come to us. That comforter comes and convicts us and convinces us of sin, of our poverty. Poverty. You know the difference between a plus sign and a minus sign? What's in your account outside of Christ? Is there a negative there? Are you in debt? Are you in sin debt? Naked came out of my mother's womb. Naked I'll return thither. Job went on. He said the Lord gave. And he's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What he have? This fellow came in naked, went out naked. He knew who God was. He knew all this physical stuff. It comes and goes as it pleases the Lord. But I know him, and it's his doing, and I'm going to bless him. I'm poor and needy, isn't it? Isn't that what our Lord said there in Matthew 5? Blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm strong-spirited. I'm strong-willed. Yeah, you're going to get broke. <laughs> Better be poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How? How could you take somebody that's poor and destitute and naked you ain't got your own covering. You get that? You ain't got your own covering. How can you have the kingdom? You got the keys of the kingdom. How's that? Turn over to Psalm 130. Leave your marker there in Psalm 34. Psalm 130. Psalm 130, verse 3. David writes, of thou, if, I'm sorry, if, <clears throat> if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities. If you're going to take a count, if you're going to take a tally, you're going to go impute sin, <laughs> you're going to take a, take a roll call and see how much sin's there. If you're going to mark them, the sin debt, the iniquity, the inequity, oh Lord, who shall stand? Who's going to stand with a minus sign in their sin account? You get that? Nobody. It can't be in his presence. It can't be. What do we do? That's poor, isn't it? What are we going to do? Verse 4. But there's forgiveness with thee. Not with me. Did you choose to be forgiven? <laughs> what fool wouldn't? <laughs> what fool wouldn't? No, that forgiveness is with you. Why? That thou mayest be feared. I'm poor and destitute, and any blessing for those that are poor in spirit, that's all with you, Lord. 
Oh, now we're doing something, isn't it? Now, now the Lord's teaching us some wisdom, isn't it? That's the beginning of wisdom right there. That thou mayest be feared. What's a poor man's beginnings? What's his, what's, his, what's his stock he was born from? Poverty. Poverty. That's a, that's a precious thing for us to be absolutely helpless and hopeless. God has to put us there. Not we're kind of bad. Not I picked the right doctrine. I mean poor, naked, uncovered. God has to make us that way. He's going, he makes something out of nothing, and until he makes you nothing, he ain't going to make something out of you. It has to happen. So what's that fella do? This poor man, back at our text there in Psalm 34, verse 6. This poor man, you poor, <laughs> cried. <laughs> he cried. He cried out to God. He prayed. Didn't he? That's what prayer is. It's a cry. It's a cry. It's not saying prayers. We don't say prayers. That's repetitious superstition. That's overly religious is what that is. Hogwash. If the Lord gives prayer, it's a cry. We either cry thanking him. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Our Lord cried out, didn't he? We either cry thanking him. This is wonderful. Or we cry, help, save, Lord. Save. We're poor. We cry, don't we? Turn over to Acts 9. Leave Mark there in Psalm 34. Acts 9. Acts 9, verse 8. The Lord had came to Saul of Tarsus, and he said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? <laughs> Teaching him something, wasn't he? The Lord didn't use the wrong words. He said, I'm Jesus. Thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks, isn't it, Saul? How's that working out for you? He met God, didn't he? It says in verse 8, the Lord came to Saul and blinded him. Acts 9, verse 8. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. And neither did eat nor drink. He was without sight for perfection. You get that? He was perfectly blind. He was perfectly poor. And he didn't eat nothing or drink nothing. Everybody's fasting to see God. The fast that the Lord approves on, he sins. Eat this. I can't. Oh, I can't eat nothing. You ever been that way? You ever been where you just couldn't eat? You're so miserable and so poor and so destitute and crying out to God. You can't eat food. You just can't you chew it all day long. You can't swallow it. That's a fast God gives. He's dealing with his child. He's teaching us something. Saul couldn't eat. Verse 10, and there were certain disciples at Damascus, a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. <laughs> and, and the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight to inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. He's crying out to me. And he hath seen in a vision, a man named Ananias coming to him and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. There's a blind fellow down there, poor, can't do nothing. And he's cried out to me, now go to him. Go to him. And Ananias answered, Lord, said, I've heard by many of this man how much evil we have done to the saints of Jerusalem. Like, I'll go. But he took his burden to the Lord. He said, this burden's a him. <laughs> this one you're calling brother. 
And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on his name. He goes, how do I know he's just not just in there like a chameleon? He's just saying the words that he's heard other believers say. That's how we learn things too, isn't it? Them children's going to grow up saying what we say. My children's going to grow up speaking the way I speak. Y'all speak English, don't you? Because you heard English in the home, right? Well, you're going to go up and you're going to talk to God and you're going to think of God how I talk about him, how I think about him. You get that? We ought to mind our words, huh? I ought to be, boy, boy, how many words I can take back? But Ananias said, are you sure? (laughs) Maybe he's just saying this out loud. But the Lord saith unto him, go thy way, for he's a chosen vessel unto me. He's mine, Ananias. Is that a good enough word for you? To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. There's nobody going to go without hearing Paul. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias had experienced this. And he said, he's starting crying out. And the Lord said, I'm going to keep him crying out. I'm going to make him suffer for me. Trials and tribulations. You know what we looked at last time? You in this world, trouble's coming. Health, wealth, and prosperity. Uh-huh. You, may, you may have a big bank account, but you're going to have a poor soul. And the Lord's going to keep us that way. Needing of him, ain't we? This poor man was crying out, wasn't he? Poor Saul's in there crying, praying. David was poor. Are we poor? Do we cry out? I mean cry. Snot's involved. Tears are involved. With groanings. You ever prayed? Ah! It's a good place to be. Good place to be. They alone. <laughs> Who's this poor man's friend? Back here in Psalm 34. Verse 6. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard. The Lord heard him. You ever felt alone? You are. You ever felt alone? You are. Mankind ain't for you. Religion ain't there with you. Uh, Friends ain't there for you. Ain't nobody there for you. You're alone. And the Lord has to get us alone. To the only one that can hear is him. That's a good place to be. Gonna make us poor. Gonna make us cry. And the Lord heard him. He heard him. Turn over to Mark 10. Mark 10. There's a lot of saints of old that didn't have friends. And I thought of blind Bartimaeus. He didn't have any friends. Did you know that? They may have been somebody he ate lunch with sometimes. They'd go get some hot dogs together or something. But he didn't have no real friends. I can prove it. Watch here. Mark 10, verse 46. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He knew he was poor. He's begging, wasn't he? What poor folks do? Beg? <laughs> he was begging. And he heard of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, this is him. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Mercy. He's a mercy beggar, isn't he? Did somebody come and just hug him and say, boy, this is good. This is wonderful. He come to save sinners. And he's going to eat with them and sit with them. You know what that means when it says he eats with them? 
he eats after him. I knew some German folks. He'll pick up a sandwich after you took a bite of it and take a bite of it. My goodness. That's something. Isn't it? Did somebody come to him and say, Bartimaeus, this is fabulous. He's the one that can. He can do anything. He, he wills. And boy, you're crying out to the right person. No. Look here at verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. That's not a friend. You hear me? Let me say it plainer. That's not a friend. It's never good advice to have someone look to anything other than Christ. You understand that? And it's never good advice to tell somebody to hold their cries unto the holy God. That delights to show mercy. I want to encourage, take your burden to the Lord. I ain't a priest. I ain't a go-between, nothing. I'm a fellow that just comes, sounds a trumpet of a voice, and says, go to him (laughs) right now and go often. Every, every breath you have, go to him. Cry out to him. Don't look to nothing. Else. Don't look to this world. That's loving somebody. You understand that? There'll come a day I'll be told that I don't love enough. Uh, loving standing up telling you the truth. Telling you all flesh is grass. Behold your God. Run to him. That's a good thing, isn't it? And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. That's a, that's a cry God gives. You don't care what people think. Well, I can't do that. What would people think? That's what Laban's boys were saying in the first hour, wasn't it, Daddy? Well, look at all these sheep he's got. He's your servant. People, we can't go around town. How am I going to go to the drive-in movie theater with, with Jacob trotting around here for all his sheep? What are people going to think about me? Uh, God works with somebody that don't care. They don't care. You know them oxen? They say, well, we have to go get them oxen. You know what happened to Elisha? Elijah rode by and saw him plowing with 12 teams of oxen. That's 24 oxen. Can you do that? No, that's hard work. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. And he threw his mantle on him. And he said, can I go tell my mommy and daddy goodbye? And he said, yeah, go, go ahead. And he went and killed them ox. Slew them. He fed everybody, and then he went and followed Elijah. <laughs> They'll put them things away, won't they? But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. If somebody's begging mercy, they ain't going to stop. Because they're needy. It's a must. It's not a wanty. They're needy. There's a difference, isn't it? They ain't going to quit. They don't care who's in the way. They need him. There's one thing needful, and they're going to cry to him that's needful. And Jesus stood still. If that don't shake you to your core, nothing will because you're dead. A, a worthless blind sinner sat on the side of the road begging, screamed, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And almighty God stopped walking. Who are we dealing with? He's majesty, isn't he? Majestic. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, Come. <laughs> and they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good comfort, rise, he called thee. You bandwagon jumping. <laughs> you just told him to shut up. And now he's, Oh, good, good job, buddy. Come on. Oh, hush. <laughs> and Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I want. I want to see you face to face. I'm blind right now and seeing my Lord face to face. They'll come today. That's what I was thinking of Priscilla and Aquila. Sat down with Paul. They was down there men in the tents. You reckon they made fun of Paul for men in the tents? I doubt it. They was probably talking. They said, you, you was in Arabia for three years with the Lord. What's he sound like? What color are his eyes? Did he smile a lot? What's, what's his laugh sound like? Oh, I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him. 
He said, I may receive my sight. I want to look you in the eye. I want to see your face. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus in the way. I'm, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to go where you go. <laughs> a poor man that cried from the heart, the Lord heard him and blessed him. And here's the blessing. Psalm 34, verse 6. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. All his troubles. He will, the Lord will, in time, as he sees fit, when it's appropriate, sooner or later, save us from all of our troubles. A double L all, complete and total. You understand that? That's going to happen. This poor man has a heritage of trouble and his prayer to the Lord because the Lord's his friend. And he heard him. And in perfect time, the Lord delivers him from all his troubles. Our infirmities and our ailments and our sorrows in this world, they may be quickly eased. It may please the Lord and His to glorify his name, to lift infirmities off of us real, real fast. And it may please him to make them stay a long time. Paul said three times I've cried out. In perfection, I've cried, Lord, take this from me. And they said, no, you'll be all right. You'll go see my grace in this. You'll be fine. I'm with you. You'll be all right. But that final trouble, we'll have it, they'll have troubles their whole life, but that final trouble will pass away when this body gives up the ghost. Just like Rachel, that final grave cloth, not grave clothes, that final piece of grave clothes, grave cloth, it's going to fall off when this body goes in the grave. You get that? That's what that's what will happen. What's this poor man's legacy? He's a beggar. That's what he was, wasn't he? Well, what's, what's coming? What's coming down the pot for him? Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. This man, when the Lord heard him, blessed him, delivered him from his trouble. Have you heard any bad news since you heard the good news? Really? I got some bad news. No, I got some good news, don't you? When the Lord hears us and blesses us and relieves us of our earthly troubles because we're looking to Christ who solved everything, there's no more condemnation for us. That angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. We honor him now for his glory. And the angels surround us. That's what David wrote. This is in, in the plural. We'll look at that. This is true. David said in Psalm 91, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. You ain't going to stub a pinky toe unless it pleases the Lord to let it happen. It can't. A dog can't wag its tongue against you. It's impossible. You're his. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. You're his possession, his purchase possession. And that cost was very high. Unmeasurable. The blood of Christ, wasn't it? Turn over to 2 Kings 6. I can't remember if we looked at this recently or not, but it won't hurt us to look at it again. It won't do us harm. 2 Kings 6. Second Kings 6, verse 14. There's a war going on, and some folks were surrounded, and they was getting nervous about it. <laughs> 2 Kings 6, 14 says, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone 
gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? We're sheep. We are completely surrounded by wolves. You get that? Literally. There's horses and chariots. 360 degrees around this city. How shall we do? Lasha asked Elijah, what are we doing, man? Just pick a direction and start running. It's the same no matter where we go. We're in trouble. Trouble, isn't it? Verse 16, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. You worried about them fellows? There's more here with us than there is with them. Uh, it's me and you. <laughs> How you did in school and math, but uh, we're in trouble. He's poor, wasn't he? Poor. He was brought to see he was nothing and incapable of anything. He was told, fear not. Verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. <laughs> and when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord. He said, smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. You see, there's, I mean, the, the host, the heavenly host all around us is a, a multitude above these. I'll go a step further. He said, smite them with blindness. And he smote them with the blindness according to the word of Elisha. The Lord blinded everybody. You reckon that servant felt a little surrounded by the angel of the Lord at that point? He experienced this, didn't he? These are all plural. That's what David talked about in Psalm 91 and here, what Elisha commanded this servant to see. But it says there in our text, the angel of the Lord. That's singular, isn't it? What hedges you about? What keeps you and protects you? Christ does. He's our shield, our defender. He's our buckler. He's our alligator hide, our covering, our atonement, our robe of righteousness. He's what encampeth round about them that fear him. It's a person. You get that? And he delivereth them. That's what the text says, look. It says in our text there in verse 8, Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> taste and see. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Here's a commandment. You see all this? Have you experienced this? You've been poor and you cried out and he heard you and he blessed you and he took you from your troubles. You praised him. Taste and see that he's good. Has his angel surrounded you? I said that last week from that old writer. We, we, we believe in a sovereign God that rules and reigns and does all things good because he can't do nothing but good. He is. That's what he is. That's his character, isn't it? Do we go around, as, does our neighbors and friends and co-workers and all that think that we believe in a God that does nothing but good or does he, do they think that we believe in a God that does nothing but evil because of our murmuring? David says, you, you've experienced this, you see this, you know it. Now, taste and see. You've seen this, taste it. Enter into it. Experience it. Know by experience. Taste and see that the Lord's good. Blessed is the man that trusteth him. You're going to see he's good. You're going to trust him to do good. Shall not the judge of heaven and earth do right? Ain't that so? It's right. It's right. All my children, I got ten children, all of them got killed in one go. I had a bunch of cattle, all of them got took in one go. I had a bunch of camels, all of them got took in one go. Everything I had, all my maidservants and manservants got killed. What did Jacob say? Oh, man, I can't believe this happened. I got insurance. No. 
He said, blessed be God. He gave, he, take, he takes away. He did this. I trust him. If he's going to kill me, that's all right. Strike on, Lord. Turn over to John 21. David encourages us to taste and see. Taste and see. And I thought, this is just fabulous. John 21. Again, verse 2. John 21, 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other of his disciples. There's a group of them. They didn't know what they was going to do. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. I'm done with this. I'm going back fishing. It's a poor way to be. I've, I've, I've experienced it. I'm gonna, I give up. I'm just going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to what I know to do. And they say unto him, to sin, does a rotten or a good apple make a bunch of rotten apples good? No. Doubts catching like wildfire, ain't it? Fear catches like wildfire, don't it? Looking to the world makes produces more looking to the world. Sin begets sin, don't it? Simon Peter said to them, I go fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. Them sons of thunder said, well, where's the boat? Let's go. And they went forth and entered to a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, <laughs> the day star come, didn't it? The sun arose. Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. You have caught any fish? Uh-uh. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Some strangers on the seashore calling out to a bunch of commercial fishermen telling them where and how to fish. Did they fight it? <laughs> I just did it, didn't I? They're helpless. They're hopeless. They're poor. They ain't got no meat. Try anything. And they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. It's busting at the seams. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, saith unto Peter, John told Peter, It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself in the sea. He straightway left the boat, walked off the side of it left everything he owned, his livelihood, to go to where God was. Straightway. Why do you reckon he went so fast? You think he's trying to beat them other ones there to explain that mutiny he had just been ahead of? Lord, I'm sorry. Now, that, now they was following me, and I shouldn't have said that. Run to the Lord, didn't they? Verse 8, The other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land. But as it were, about 200 cubits, that's 100 yards offshore, dragging the nets with fishes. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there. There's a fire. Who built that fire? The Lord built the fire. He built, you think he had to try twice? He built a perfect fire, didn't he? And fish laid thereon. Who baked the fish? Christ cooked the fish on it, didn't he? And bread. Who made them biscuits? What do you reckon that tasted like? Do you think you'd have to reach over for the salt? Did you have to get some paprika to put on it? <laughs> some seasoning? Put a little hot sauce on it? Could you imagine? 
Mm. Jesus said, and they bring the fish which you've caught, now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, big ones, 153 of them. And there were so many, yet the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and dine. Everything he's prepared. And the disciples durst ask him, who art thou? Knowing that it was Lord, I ain't going to dare ask him. I know that's him. <laughs> there wasn't a doubt. Was there? They knew it was him. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth to them and a fish likewise. He came and served them. He handed the bread to them. He handed that meat to them. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was risen from the dead. In perfection, he served them. You got to taste, you got to eat. Where are you going to get it from? He's going to bring it to you. That feast will go unknown. It will go unrealized and it will go unexperienced unless we take and eat. And he said, this is my body broken for you. That's what we're about to do. He said, take and eat. Take and eat. He's provided everything. He's going to hand it to your mouth. Consume it. Eat it. Unless we see it, see it for ourselves. And we taste of ourselves, it goes unnoticed. It's just a fact somewhere. It's just a, a letter somewhere, isn't it? Taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord's good. He's good. Blessed is a man that trusteth in him. What happens when you taste and you see he's good? He's worthy to be trusted. What he says is right. I can trust that. I have personal advice and things of this world. I've, I've lived all over the place. I've done a whole bunch of stuff. I can tell you how to do a lot of things. I tell you, I work on ice machines. And that may be right. It may be wrong. It may be good advice. It may be bad advice. But if he says it, I'll never be scared to tell somebody. That's what the Lord said. He's right. He's right. He's worthy to be trusted. Once you've been made poor, you have to be shown that you're poor. Once you've been made to cry out, he has to make it. God hears you. And he blesses you and he saves you and he sets his angels, plural, and angels singular, <laughs> round about you. And you've experienced that. I didn't read in the book, I've lived it. You trust him more and more and you're grown in grace. Your growth's not subdued. It's upward, isn't it? You don't shrink, you grow, don't you? There, <clears throat> verse 9, back in our text, we honor him. We honor him. Psalm 34, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord. <laughs> you that trust in him. You that's experienced all these things. Fear him. Honor him. Ye his saints. Those sanctified. Those set apart for his using. He declares, those are mine. They're mine. Well, his child's doing something wrong. What did he tell Peter? He said, don't you dare call something unclean that I've called clean. That's mine. He said, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. You ain't going to want for nothing. There's one thing needful and you got it. It's him. Isn't it? We'll have fleshly desires, won't we? But this new man is content in and with Christ. Just satisfied. Do you need, do you need holier living? No, I got him. He's my righteousness. He's my sanctification. Do you need to get smart? He's my wisdom. I want to learn about him more. <laughs> These other things are handy. I need to learn about him more, don't we? This world seeks to devour those that do that. But a dog can't wag its tongue towards you. It says in verse 10, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good. 
any good things right, but any good. Why? We've tasted and seen that he's good. And we have him. And we're made one with him. He's been made. He's, he is, we're his and he's ours. That's deep waters, buddy. <laughs> That's something, isn't it? I quoted it last hour, but the Lord said, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come that you shall be scattered, every man to his own. Does that mean all the sheep's going to be individual and individualistic in the modern church ages? <laughs> no, that ain't what it means. He said, I'm on that cross, and you're going to run and hide and shall leave me alone. He's going to tread that wine press to accomplish all this alone, plumb by himself. And yet I'm not alone because the Father's with me. Why did he say that? I have to say that. I'm too weak and feeble and poor. I forget it. God's with me. The Lord, he said, I'll never leave you. I may be like Jacob. I may go two decades and not say nothing about him. But Lord, I may have left, but he ain't moved. <laughs> He's right there. He said, the Father's with me. And these things I've spoken unto you, I've told you all that, that you might have peace. Calm down. Fear not. Have peace. Be content. In the world, you're going to have trouble. In the flesh, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. There in Proverbs 22, I always love that. Proverbs 22, 7. Solomon said, The rich ruleth over the poor. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Did you see Jeff Bezos? I don't care <laughs> what he's doing. Bill Gates can buy up all the farmland he wants. That's hogwash. That's looking to the world. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. He's rich in love. And he rules over this old poor sinner. Does he you? He's my God and my Lord. And the borrower is servant to the lender. What, what do I have he didn't give me? I borrowed everything from him. I got a car at the house. It's on loan. I'm borrowing it. I got a house. I'm borrowing it. I got children. I'm borrowing you. Everything I have, I'm borrowing it from him. And I'm his servant. I'm his willing bond servant because he's lending me everything. The rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. That's not instruction in finances. That's instruction in how God saves sinners. Amen. Amen. I pray to make us poor. Be a good thing. All right, friend. Uh, Brother Cass and Brother Brian, if you would, come hand out the elements.